As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so I have a little bit of regret about running a second cemetery show just in our first six shows and also doing it right before Christmas. And as I was trying to promote it on our Twitter page and on Facebook, I was like, it occurred to me that I'm putting grave pictures of graves up oh, two weeks before right. Christmas. I, I don't know. I feel, I, you know, I could, you know what? The, this is a thing, though, Scott. As you just said it just now, and you said we're doing a second cemetery show, I didn't really even relate that to what Mark did because it's so, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's more like a celebrity, a show on celebrities. They just happen to be dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's I where know. they're, I just was that's where they're at. Like, but you're right. One, I, of, I guess our, it is. one of our yeah. fans actually said to me, she was like, oh, this reminds me of the Halloween, the Greyfriars. You oh, know, it's like, because right. when I think about it, you know, it's so we got six shows. The first one is not really cemeteries, but it's dead celebrities. Then we're doing a cemetery. Now we're wow. doing dead celebrities in a cemetery. Oh, okay. Now I see it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so just, just, for we just want to tell our fans that we're going to start turning in some different directions here. Um, <laughs> Those are just shows that we had line. We're shooting uh, topics. Those are topics that we had ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you know, he's been doing this for years. He's really knowledgeable about it, as, as you will hear or have heard. And uh, so it's like, well, let's just get Mark to do that. Like, we, it's, it's let's go. Yeah. And, and he wanted to do it, and he did a great job. Yeah. And there it is. But right. it's, so, it's not a trend. Yeah. No, it's not a trend. And to that end, we're going to take you now into our Christmas special. I don't know if you can really Which will be that. another trend. It'll be all Christmas yeah, topics just, for all next year, the, the rest whole, of the year. Yeah. The whole 2015 is going to be Christmas shows. No. And demons. And demons. Ah, I love demons. Welcome back to Astonishing Legends. I'm Scott Philbrook. And I'm Forrest Burgess. I'm afraid we're being visited upon by the Krampus. What kind of kinky Christmas spirit is that? It is Germanic in origin. That was from the animated series, The Venture Brothers on Adult Swim, from the episode A Very Venture Christmas. How is Christmas in your house? It's good? What do you mean? Like just traditionally? Yeah, I mean, oh, do you yeah, no, no. It's great. And by the Absolutely. way, all due respect to yeah. to people who celebrate Hanukkah and all the other traditions and Kwanzaa. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of different traditions. Sure. We're, we're going to be talking about Christmas tonight. It's what we know. Yeah, yeah. because it's what we know. Right. But um, Christmas is great at our house. I mean, it's not a lot of folks like the old days when I was a little kid and we had a bunch of other uh, uh, peripheral relatives, and it was a, actually it was a big deal. I'm an only child. So am I. Uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, but when I was a little kid, you know, we'd have uncles and aunts and uh, we'd have two giant dinner tables stuck together. It was a big deal. Actually, you know what? Even Thanksgiving was was a lot of people. But now that, you know, we're older and people have moved away and, and unfortunately some have passed away. It's really just kind of a small, intimate affair. But I really enjoy it. I'm I'm 10 years old again. And it's just really great uh, going back to see the folks and uh, takes you right back to your old memories. But didn't you go out of town one time? Well, for yeah, a... I have I have the large extended Southern family. Right. I still have them. There's a lot of them. You, no Some matter of them how listen hard to this show, you try so... to get away from them. Yeah, They're I've still got to, there. I got to be a little diplomatic there, yeah. but uh, or a lot diplomatic. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of people. When you get us all together, it's you know twenty people, some by marriage and. You know, others by blood. But right. a, a few years ago, I guess it was, I think it was 2006, my grandmother, who's the matriarch of the family, took everyone to London for Christmas. Wow. What uh, what sparked that idea? Uh, you know, it was just something she wanted to do. She loved London. She used to love traveling when she was younger. She doesn't uh, do it so much anymore. So yeah. she rented us a couple of uh, flats in, in yeah. the Mayfair district in London. And 
we all flew over there, and it did, was... I'm sorry, did she have any history with London or England? No, other than visiting, yeah. you know. Right. And what, like, yeah. You know. Well, no, see, to, to the American, it's Charles Dickens. It's a classic, you know, traditional Christmas... Yes. And uh, where it all started, and it's, uh, you know, all all that kind of lore. I, I got to tell you, I loved it. I loved London. I loved uh, England. And at the time, I had been living in New York City. For, That's another great place to experience oh, Christmas, it's too. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah at Christmas. Chestnuts yeah. roasting on the street. Uh, it's really <laughs> great. You know, my wife worked at uh, Saturday Night Live, so, you know, the tree went up every year at uh, Rockefeller Center. It's just a, it's an amazing feeling oh, to yeah. be in the city at Christmas. Yeah. but. Um, so London, you know, we, we had, we knew the flavor of it a little bit. You had romantic ideas of what it should be like, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it, it turns out, you know, Christmas traditions aren't the same everywhere you go. No, they are not. And, uh, one, one of the traditions (laughs) in America is you, you pretty much work. Uh, right, they only get about ten days off, five yeah. days in some cases. Now, and if it's Thanksgiving, the... it's all the way through, and yeah. you, you skip the whole dinner and well, you just go shopping. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. what happens in London around Christmas and Boxing Day. Yeah, it's a ghost town. It's like yeah. twenty-eight days later. I mean, people yeah. are gone. <laughs> right, there is nothing. Well, they're open. At, they're at home, right? Yeah. Now, do, they, do they go out of town or they, they're just at home? I don't know. Okay, it's they're, like they're the just windows were shuttered. Wow. There was no one anywhere, and this was the the thing about the trip that yeah. made it a little bit of a disaster <laughs> well, because you're starting off look anytime you get a bunch of family together on a trip and yeah. everyone's look they're they're not friends of yours you who all have similar traveling oh uh, yeah everyone had different they agendas their, yeah they all want to no. do different things yeah. we want to go see this we want to eat this we want to go look at this yeah you don't all agree yeah. so that's a monumental undertaking yeah, like, I, the eye i didn't really care about going on the eye did y'all go on the eye? You know, the, the giant Ferris wheel on the Thames. Oh my you know, god! Like. You know, just the thought of a bunch of Southerners in London. Yeah. Uh, hey, just no, careful. Around. It's my hey. family. No, no. I'm I, just saying. Like, I'm just you saying. You don't know anything <laughs> about the South, so don't start. I've been Mr. there a few times. Kaczynski from Kaczynski Land. Um, <laughs> he wasn't in. That's not even. See, you're wrong about that. I don't. He was conf- in Montana. I don't confuse South enough. and North Carolina. I know your barbecue is different. Don't yeah. you know? I. All right. Okay. The worst part about it is that we'd booked this tour on a bus to go see Stonehenge and Bath and all of this stuff. And the thing was, what the bus company should have said was, no, we're closed. <laughs> no, don't do this today. Yeah, we're not going to do this. They offered, that's the thing, they were open. They're taking They're taking your money. Yeah, they, they were open. And this tour was recommended by uh, Rick Steves, actually, who oh, writes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, this has got to be good. You know, but it's not then. You, you, didn't, you didn't read the no, whole he thing. Didn't, he didn't. I don't, <laughs> don't think he was then. reviewing it on Boxing yeah. Day. Because but. I will say, no, I love Rick Steves because I took a trip to Italy and I read his book about it. Yeah. And even the little tiny things of like, oh, go to this pensione, talk to mama so-and-so, tell yeah. her I sent you. And guess what? You go there and you say that and it's her right. and she knows him. Right. It's like, oh, Rick Steves. Yeah. No, it's... He's he's very accurate. It's kind of it's kind of like a really close friend who knows it very well, telling you what to do. And you go there, and it's real, and it, and you do well, it. Yeah, except th- for this. this. Yeah, not what happened with us. We <laughs> okay. got on the bus, all like seventy five thousand of us. So we go out to Stonehenge, and it's closed. Not only is it closed, there's a giant fence around it. The yeah. bus stops, and we get out and stand on the side of the road and yeah. look at Stonehenge <laughs> through a chain-link fence yeah. from, like, 30 yards away. Sorry, folks. Park's closed. The yeah, boots no, outside should have By the way, the driver wasn't even... that is? Yes. That, yeah, yeah okay. but the driver wasn't even that nice. He was just didn't even get off the bus. <laughs> it wasn't John Candy. No, there was yeah. nobody. Like, okay. It's just kind of like they stop and the door opened. Yeah. You know, and we all walk out, oh, look boy. through the fence, get back on. So then we go to Bath. And Bath, I'm telling you, if you've seen the movie 28 Days Later, which is oh, yeah. the zombies, like, or any post-apocalyptic film, right. that's what was going on in Bath. I mean, there was no one anywhere. It was like a movie set that was empty. Hello? Hello? Well, I presume they're at home. This is the thing, though. Uh, in Europe, you know, you have, uh, they always say don't go visiting during the month of uh, August, like in Spain, because people, that, it's hot and it's muggy. They go elsewhere. Yeah. So a lot of things are closed, and you kind of... Yeah, well, they you forgot sh- to tell my grandmother that not yeah. to go at Christmas. I'll tell right. you that. Or, you know, my family in general. Like, we, we weren't expecting things to be as shut down as they were. Right. Um, and in addition to that, when we got to Bath, 
we were there for a little while, and it turned out that some of my family and some of the other people on the bus needed to go to the bathroom. The bus did not have a bathroom. <laughs> and not only that, the driver had no idea where there was a bathroom. As you know, oh, There were lots of places that you might have gone in, but yeah. they were all closed. Right. So then I actually, literally, I wound up taking over rescuing all the yeah. people that need to go to the bathroom. I'm oh. running through bath. I found a Holiday Inn. Oh, I gotta pee, I gotta pee, I gotta pee, I gotta pee. Uh, ooh, hotel. Hello, do you, do you have a restroom? The whole bus drives over to the Holiday Inn. Yeah. So everyone can take a pee break. Oh, boy. And it, then also we went, to, uh, we went to this restaurant. There was supposed to be lunch. Yeah. The food was awful. Uh, the service was bad. They ran out of wine <laughs> while we, don't we wanna, were there. You don't want to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> and, then, and then on top of that, there was like this drunk guy there who was, could barely walk. And the bus driver let him ride with us back to London. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Wait, were they were they friends or something? Well, no, they they he acted like oh another bus left him behind. It's like, well, do you not do a head count? What is happening? <laughs> wow! So then, not that the guy A-team. comes back. He sits yeah. back in the back of the bus next to my cousin. Uh, the guy passed out, fully passed out, and, it, and like as he's leaning over, it becomes apparent that he's wearing a thong. Oh my god. <sighs> This is a large, <laughs> drunk man, right? You know, clearly from the area. But it does it. sound like a British comedy. Now. Yeah, I yeah. know. But so we're riding back, and then the, the bus driver's like, "Oh, I'm going to put a movie on." By the way, this has already been awful. So the Stonehenge didn't work out. Right. Bath didn't work out. People had to go to the bathroom. Whatever. The guy yeah. like, puts a movie on because there are TVs on the bus. So he throws sure. on a movie. Yeah, it's Terminator Two. Well, that's a that's a pretty Terminator good movie, though. I no, love that. It's Christmas. <laughs> We're driving around uh, in this bus, and I'm watching people dissolve yeah. to ashes. Yeah, on in that thermonuclear Just, meltdown uh, scene. R- okay, right. It's awful. Yeah. I was Although, literally uh, like, what uh, is happening? Yeah. And it, we tried to get a refund. Die Hard would have been good, though, because that takes... So a movie that That's takes... a good Christmas Yeah, movie. because Everybody it takes place around it. Christmas. But, or what's the other one? The, uh, the uh, 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 Mel Gibson, Danny Glover... Oh, uh, one yeah, that, yeah, yeah, the lethal weapon. But well, still, it would have been a little bit better. But I know what you're saying. It's just not the the context is wrong. It's not appropriate. It's right. one more thing that is just not right about yeah, this. Yeah, the whole trip was like the only fun that my wife and I had fun because we, we had brought a book with a walking tour in it that we did. Mm. And it was a blast. We had a really good time. Oh, you followed, you just followed the book's recommendations. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, while everybody else went on the eye. But, um, but <laughs> how, how was the how was the Ferris wheel? I don't know. I, I could no, have cared less. No, I know. But the, <laughs> you, you couldn't. You mean to say I'm, you couldn't have cared less? Yeah. I could. Yes, I couldn't have cared less. Yeah, I should okay. say. Thank you for correcting. Well, no, me. I'm just saying it because it means you care. No, you cared a little. I, 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 I didn't want to do the touristy stuff. No, you, you know, know living what? in Manhattan, you learn. It doesn't matter avoid, where you would have gone. I never went to Times Square yeah. while I was in Manhattan. Not on right. purpose, anyway. No, and I, I've been. That's the thing. I've been there. Uh, not right at Christmas, of course, because I spend that with my family. But I've been in Manhattan for Thanksgiving, yeah, and I've been there for New Year's, yeah, at, at in two thousand, and it was like that was a big deal. But you didn't have to. Do, it, the town is so alive and and so festive, and they and they really do it upright. That you don't have to do much; just walk around, go yeah, see it's stuff, wonderful. and it, and it's great. But because I know what you're talking about, like when you when you read up on it. You know, uh, the idea of a restaurant being open, it's like they, they didn't really have that, what we have now. All you had was the public house. So right. if you were a lone guy, unmarried, there's a few choices to go get a meal. Right. It's not, you, you can't, there's no Red Lobster. You can't just walk in, sit, you know, and, uh, and get a table. Nothing's open. People right. are doing that at home with their own families. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and that's what they were doing. And, and tonight's show is about varying traditions, specifically at Christmas. And all I can tell you is that if you're an American and you're planning to go have fun in London, don't go at Christmas time. <laughs> unless, you, <laughs> unless you're British or you, uh, you, you know a British family then. Maybe yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You've got to do it a different on, way. Because Not on the, the flip way side. we did it. Yeah, the, you know what? And, uh, By the way, yeah. we had a great trip. Overall, oh, it was right. very fun. Right. Well, you're together. You're with your yeah. Family. I mean, there You're, was there was a lot of great yeah. stuff about it. Even that's a it's not it a great not memory, good for right. sightseeing. But you know what? Um, my uh, one of my close friends, George, and his wife Ashley just came back from Berchtesgaden, Germany. Oh, is it is that uh, in the southern part of? Is that in uh, yeah, near Bavaria? Like the s- south, yes, southeastern, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. uh, right on the, near the border of Australia. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excuse me, Australia. Did I just say Australia? It's in the middle. It's an island ha- continent in the Austria. middle of Europe. <laughs> 
<laughs> Australia. They're very close. Uh, the border of Austria. Yeah. And um and it's in it's in the region down there. And George, uh, when he was a kid, he lived there because his dad, I think, was one of the main guys who operated a, a recreational military base there. Um, so for the GIs, not for yeah. Yeah, the guy it was, who was well, it running was one of war. Hitler's former okay. like mountain getaways. And yeah, we of course turned it into a vacation spot. Oh well, um, yeah, it's a Six Flags so, now. Which, by the way, if you're going to be in the military, it seems like a great job running. There's that. there are jobs like that. A yeah. friend of my dad's uh, he uh, he managed golf courses. Oh yeah, well, there you and, go. And I've nobody, rarely people are shooting at you. Yeah, so, didn't yeah. see a whole lot of action, I guess. But uh, but anyway, so George specifically timed this trip because he wanted his wife to see what it's like on December 5th and 6th when they have a special kind of festival yeah. there that centers around Krampus. Well, it's it's St. Nicholas Day, right? Right, exactly. The December 6th. Right. So the night, they they have their own eve, and it's it's a celebration of the feast of St. Nicholas. Right? Yes. But they do it they do it upright. But that's the thing. Look, and St. Nicholas, yeah. by the way, is a Catholic figure. Um, but then who comes with St. Nicholas? Well, you got you can't have the good without the bad, Scott. So you have a figure called Krampus. Or yes. or Krampus, as we say here in the States. But he is a, a medieval figure that accompanies St. Nick, mostly to scare your children into being good. That's right, really right. the purpose. Of, the short, that's the what sh- his purpose the is. The short sum up is that he, he shows up with St. Nick, right? What, what is the, how does he operate? He comes, he, he this is the thing. takes oh, so, kids well, away. Well, this is the thing. I think in the, in the in in, a basket and carries them off, no, right? It's the threat of carrying you off. That's all you need. You don't really need to carry the kids off. You need to scare the crap out of them. So, but what, but what he, he hit them with sticks too, right? He could if you're if you're bad, but he also is, okay. Let's but, not get ahead of our ahead of ourselves. Okay. So okay. so what the what the deal is is that he is a demonic like figure, half beast, beasty and and uh, furry and ugly. He's got horns, a very long tongue. That Gene I, he Simmons can, tongue. He shows up on the eve of Saint Nicholas Day, so it would be like the night of December fifth. Okay. And, and I think in some regions here, uh, because and this is the thing, it varies so differently throughout Europe. And his uh, a legend like this takes various forms. It's mutated. It's over the years. It's uh, changed up to fit the local customs, uh, very specifically of where you're at. So uh, I believe in, in some of the customs, the children are supposed to clean their boots and their shoes, and they leave them out, like in the foyer or on in the, the, on the in the front porch. Yeah. And if they've been good, they'll get a, a little treat. And it could be coins. It could be chocolates. It could be uh, – uh, I wouldn't think we would put like sticky buns or <laughs> pastries yeah. in there. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> but if you're good, you get a treat. That's the idea. If you're bad, you'll get a lump of coal in your shoes. Or a stick, right? Well, uh, or Krampus shows up and he beats the crap out of you. Right. Now, the thing is, it's uh, so this – you think like, uh, okay, that's kind of wacky, but the traditions of this character go way back to paganism, druidism. It's it's all these things. It's pre-Christian – Pagans. M- myth- mythology. P- people against goodness and normalcy. You're Remember not talking about Dragnet? that yet. Good evening, pagans. Don't forget your goat leggings. So what you have is the, this character, and basically it's parents taking some lore into their own hands, some legend – to scare your children into being good. See, here in the States, it's it's St. Nicholas, and all you do, if you're a bad kid, well, St. Nick, he knows you're on the naughty list. You're just not going to get any toys. There's no there's no punishment, really, other than you know, you're not going to get any toys. All right, so, so, so if that's, you're bad, was, yeah. there's imagery of him carrying children off. Well, that's the thing. So he varies quite a bit depending on the region you're from, and it's usually the Alpine countries. So we're talking Bavaria, uh, into northern Austria, but even into Romania. There, there's versions all over Western Europe of this character, and he can sometimes have a basket, and he, he will either take the naughty children away with him in the basket off to his lair to do who knows what. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I have questions about this. Sure. Do they ever come back? Are they just gone forever? Is this death? Well, this is the interesting thing. See, this, this is what I love about this because, you know, Scott, when we were thinking of a, a nice, light, fun topic like a demonic Christmas figure from the Middle, <laughs> from the middle Ages or, or even further after that, we wanted to be very conversational. Like, well, this would be fun. It's got right. a lot of great imagery. Uh, it's not ancient. He's not – the character's not that old, but it comes from very ancient roots – pre-Christian roots. But once you start diving into this, it, it goes in so many directions. And again, I'm going to coin the phrase wiki hole because there's so many links to different saints and traditions of France, which are di- slightly different than the Norse and Germanic traditions 
Is this where you're going to tell me about the Led Zeppelin? Uh, Zeppelin. Force I'm getting cover? to that. I'm okay. getting because that's really interesting. Again, there's so many little things that are that are kind of fun. But when you specifically ask me about, do the kids in the basket ever come back? The image that popped into my head was from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and specifically, there's a great animated version of it that I really uh, want you to show to your son because it, it scared the crap out of me when I was a kid, but I loved it because of just the way it was animated. And I believe one of the directors from uh, Charles, I can't, well, think, we'll think of his name here in a second, but uh, he used to do all the uh, Warner, a lot of the Warner Brothers cartoons and, and he's from Spokane. So the way that this is animated, because it's not cartoony, I think it was an Australian production, but it was the ghost of Christmas present. And he's a grandfather Christmas, which we're going to get to because this ties in. But under his cloak are are the two children of, of Want and... What's the other kid? This boy is ignorance. This girl is Want. Beware them both. But most of all, beware this boy. They're scary. That's the point. They're, they're, they're emaciated. They're ghostly looking. And they're hiding under his cloak. And it's like... Oh, these right, are right. These are representative. This is what we're getting at. It's not physical children, although there's another tale about children actually being carried off, which sparks another similar figure to Krampus, another counterpart of, of the goodly saint, Nick. The, it's the idea of, of children, the innocents, being carried off to never be returned again. It's a, it's a grim fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale, which is what these are. They're right. meant to scare people into being good. Right. When you don't have formed ideas... You, you make stuff up. So basically, this is what's happening is that you, you're scaring kids of like, well, he could carry you away and you may never come back. Now, there's other traditions terrifying. where it's, to, it is, it's meant to be terrifying. Sometimes it's a basket to carry off children, or it could be a bundle of sticks, or it could be a basket holding a bundle of sticks. And a lot of times it, it could be birch. That why, uh, why does he have a bundle of sticks? Well, to beat you with. Oh. Or, but this is the thing, Scott. It's not just uh, about that, because now when you're talking about branches and and sticks and twigs, uh, that goes back to Druid and pagan customs of honoring and worshiping the tree. And a lot of times it's birch. And, it, you know, and, and, and being a stick, it could be phallic in nature. That's a lot of uh, uh, the, you know, Wiccan and pagan ritual. It's about the sacredness of the tree itself and representations. But now you see it as a wreath. People put wreaths of uh, boughs of holly, all that. All these things come from these traditions that are pre-Christian and very old. I wouldn't say really ancient, but they're very old. And, uh, oh, and then when you mentioned bundles of sticks, you know, the uh, some have theorized that the photo of the old man with a giant bundle of sticks on his back on the album cover to Led Zeppelin Four could be this other character who's very much like Krampus. Yeah. And I'm going to try and say his name here. He's, okay. he's a French character. Père Fouitard. Oh, it very hey, nice. Ryan, how does the Google Translate lady say it? Père Fouettard. What that means is that he is a French character, and I'll, I'll tell you the tale of him in a second here, because that's even that's just frightening. That's yeah. even more horrific. And basically, when you punch that into Google Translate, it means Father Whipper. So it's a, a lot of these Whipper. are Father Christmas, Father Whipper. It's somebody who's a, a, in a position of authority, who's kind of mystical. But that's what it means. It's a père, father, and I guess... Whitar is a whipper, but that's what it means. But when you have Google Translate do it, it, it translates as the boogeyman. Isn't it interesting? He's a scary character. So now in, in French tradition, I think there's two main origins theories about him is that one, he was an innkeeper or a butcher. And uh, but basically three young boys go off into the woods on their way to, uh, I think, religious school, some kind of a parochial school. And he thinks that they're rich. So the idea is that he's going to rob them. So it's either himself or and his wife lure these kids back to his inn or butcher shop, and he either drugs them, cuts their throats, puts them in a barrel, or, you know, that, again, you're seeing the barrel imagery or a sack, something carrying children off, salts them, cooks them into a stew. Oh, hello, boys. Right this way. Wait, this is uh, Perry Futar or whatever? <laughs> yeah, it's Perry. Yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> Futtered. Go ahead. No, it's, uh, yeah, that's the French, that's Father Whipper. Okay, so either the butcher or the innkeeper, alone or with his wife, kill these children. Now, St. Nicholas comes by, sees this, and, you know, restores the children to life, doing a good deed, because he is also, that's, well, that's where you get to sainthood, performing miracles. 
So that's one aspect of it. Brings these kids back to life. And the butcher or innkeeper, Per Hutar, is so uh, – he's repentant. You stop saying that. No, I, I, no I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep okay. doing it until, right. yeah, someone complains. That's what, that's what I'm going to stop. <laughs> you don't count. I'm talking about one of our listeners. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it right. But the, the late, she sounds so good doing it on Google Translate. Yeah. So he brings them back to life, and either the innkeeper is so repentant and you know sorry for what he's done that he follows Father Christmas or Saint Nicholas or any of these other iterations that you wanna you wanna call him. He follows him around, and he's basically the bad cop. And when kids are bad, he whips them and beats them. Wow, that's an yeah. interesting story. And you see, that's the thing. What I've what I've come to realize is that it's the duality of. Good and bad, which what? is how the universe runs, Scott. You can't just have good. You can't just have bad. It's a balance. It's the That's yin right. and the yang. Well, and, you know, what's interesting to me is even here in America, we, we grew up as kids, at least I did, you know, you're going to get that lump of coal. It must come from this tradition. Well, that's, like, yeah, know. but, you know, that's the, uh, uh, I mean, it's the, not the just Saint, a joke about St. Nicholas night. No, that's where the lump, of, you, you get a lump of coal in your shoe right. or your Charlie Brown. And, uh, but who would do that to a child here? We, we can't even imagine that here in the United States. Well, who would I do that to a I child? I wonder why. The bad cop didn't make it to to the U.S. Well, no, a, a version of him did, but I guess in the 30s there was a. Uh, I'm not sure if he's in my notes here, but uh, but I did read that there is kind of an American version who didn't actually have much to do with Christmas at some point. You know, again, things are getting watered down here over the years. Right. People forget traditions. They make up their own things, and some things stick, and some things go away. I guess in, in the United States, talking about how things get filtered down, in the 30s, Pafutar <laughs> appeared in the United States under a name called, he was called Father Flog, or Spanky. <laughs> no, it's Spanky. Spanky. But you're making this up. I'm reading this off Wikipedia, which we try not to do, but I'm, I'm reading it right here. Spanky. That, uh, well, this is the thing. In the 30s, you had radio shows, so they're, they're borrowing things. But also, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Dutch, they also have a tradition of Krampus because they're immigrants from Germany and, and that, and oh, that yeah. area. They Who bring that it guy? with them. He has a different name, though. Like, well, there's there's the character of the Belschnickel. Yeah, Belschnickel the or Belschnickel. Yeah. And he's just another variation. So the basic appearance of this guy is that he's kind of grotesque and ugly. He's got long, either a long scraggly beard and unkempt hair. Well, no. And he's covered in fur or wearing furs. With with the butcher guy, that was yeah. that was specific to France, right? Well, that is it. Yeah. That's, that's You're again, not... that's French. That's Father Whipper. Father Whipper. Right. So the the other Krampus is more demonic in nature, though. He's right? more German, but he's also again it, it borrows from uh, Roman mythology of the the uh, the fawn or the satyr, who's a uh, half man, half beast, covered in fur, horns, tattered clothes. Uh, you know, kind of a grotesque character here. And, but he does a similar function as that in some cultures. He will ask you questions. You have to get the questions right. And if you don't, he whips you with his sticks or a stick. And if you're good— And this good, guy's more yeah. human, though. He's less demonic than— Yeah, like exactly. Campus. No, he's not right. Yeah. He's more of a human figure, although kind of mysterious. You know, he is a—some uh, uh, have called him an elf of sorts— so one common characteristic of the appearance of this character is that he has a darkened face. And now when people portray him, you know, they're wearing blackface. So I was even mentioning this to Scott that just last Saturday, I think I was watching Saturday Night Live. And on a weekend update, they had a little news bit of him because in the Netherlands, people are complaining because it's portrayed by a guy wearing blackface. But it, but it goes back, that history goes way back to, uh, they think, maybe the Siege of Metz, which is a city in Eastern Europe, Eastern France. And Charles V tried to take this over. He was, the, he was the king of Spain, I think, at the time. And it didn't go well. And so he, he was burned in effigy and dragged through the streets, this, this effigy of the king. So that's one theory is that, well, his face is blackened because it's a burned effigy or that he's, his face was blackened because he comes down the chimney with, with St. Nick. Yeah, so St. Nick doesn't get blackened when he... Just well, one guy he's magical. Oh, maybe the other guy goes first and cleans this, it. This is my... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? That's the thing. You can make up and believe whatever you want. It's dirty. You go first. <laughs> now it's clean. <laughs> and he's fatter. So, right. But that's the point, is that these things... Uh, I don't... I personally see it as that it's it's good and evil. This guy is supposed to be ugly and kind of... Uh, and, and grotesque and scary. That's the idea. That's the purpose of... This character, no matter what part of your, we haven't in. in America, we haven't had anybody since Spanky. 
No, and and that's the thing. Spanky wasn't necessarily or or father flog, and he had a, he had a female character with a mother flog, and uh, they would also dole out punishment. See, so you see lasting kind of themes through here is that they dole out punishments to bad kids. Now you have a child, yes, and do you ever do you ever try and scare him into being good? Um. Wow, well, that's a touchy subject. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Not, not you know what? Not scare him, but but uh, do you try? Well, I'm to, certainly Im- not Im- telling him that a long-tongued demon with horns <laughs> is going to carry him <laughs> into the woods in a basket. Yeah. Well, but you know what? People were if he doesn't uh, make his bed. People were. I don't know. You know what? Life was a lot rougher back then, True. and uh, you know nowadays we wouldn't even think of that because it's it's horrific. Well. And, it, you know, coming back to my friend George's trip to Germany, yeah. right, George and Ashley, that when <laughs> – in addition to – like you said, it's very regional. With Krampus, it's right. very regional. Right. There's lots of different traditions that have evolved. And in uh, Berchtesgaden, which is where they were, which I can't remember if I mentioned earlier, but uh, near the border of Austria, uh, in addition to Krampus, there's another guy named – but Mandel, <laughs> I, I think it's this is this is laugh. just your wishful thinking that he's called that. I don't, no, I yeah. mean this guy looks—it's like an angry bale of hay, yeah. And it carries, uh, like it carries the uh, the chains and the right. bells. They make a lot of noise. That's the idea, and right? They went to this festival, and we have pictures from their trip. That yeah. was just a few days ago. We're so fortunate that this just happened to happen. Uh, we got some pictures from their trip, including um, I think they're going to let us use a movie. Oh, do they have a picture of the guy, the character? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. and um, the other thing is, and what, what Georgia told me was that these are German military uh-huh. kids yeah. who, who are dressed up, and they specifically are really looking for girls. Oh, of course. And of so course. what they're doing is... Yeah. Ashley, his wife, was taking a lot of pictures of them, and when they clued yeah. in, like right. three of them came over. <laughs> yeah, and he says she was hiding behind some elderly German You're couple, right. and they were just whipping the mess out. Oh, of Oh, really? They're, yeah. And yeah. I, of course, I said to him, I was like, "Is this is this deviant at all?" And he's like, "No, no, no. There's nothing sexual yeah. about it. There's no right. like, it's all the hits are on the legs. It doesn't move up, you know." But he said yeah. she got welts. You know, oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah. Apparently, he has a picture of this, yeah. which I'm. Uh, he's I, at this moment probably trying to convince her to let me put on the right. internet. <laughs> well, because uh, we're not using your last name, right. so maybe that'll okay. be fine. But still, it's so she was actually switched just yeah. a few days ago. Well, by by Butt Mandel, yeah. <laughs> who was out there with Krampus. Krampus yeah. was there too. Okay, see the, again, it comes back to this is the running theme. How many guys show. are there? Why well, are there so it's, many bad it's, guys? It's a. It's a bunch of different variations on this. Now you're mashing pagan rituals and just human nature. Basically, look, they, people have been good all year. They've tried to be, we want to blow off a little steam. So when Christianity started becoming a major influence, to sell it, they started letting folks keep their traditions, which is, you know, around the harvest or the end of the year, people let off a little steam. They have, a, they have feasts. They get drunk. They, uh, they have celebrations. And, and a lot of times it's the young men in town that would get a little drunk and tipsy, dress up as Krampus or these other characters, rattling chains, going around scaring... Well, here, can, just quickly, I want to read this little section yeah. um, from this travel website, actually. It's called uh, Big Boy Travel, specifically about the running of the butt mandal in, in Virgis Garden. The running of the butt mandal, butt mandaloff, is one of the most unique festivals in Europe and typically takes place on St. Nicholas Day. During the festival, unmarried men over the age of 16, get dressed up with bushels of straw around their bodies, scary devilish masks on their faces, and bells around their waists while running around town causing a ruckus. Young men who are taking part in festival for a second time or more graduate from the straw costumes to all fur costumes and even scarier masks. So I guess that's your that's a freshman costume is this is the angry bale of hay. You, you start off with the bale of hay, yeah. then you graduate to fur. Then you graduate to fur, yeah. yeah. So some of the butt mandals also known as the Krampus, those are the fur ones I'm get, I, I think based yeah. on this description, carry up to 45 pounds of bells and the noise made is supposed to scare away the evil spirits of the winter solstice, which is the darkest time of year. The butt mandals try to catch... I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, so I'm sorry. <laughs> the anyway, butts and mandals the, 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 everywhere. The, the, the butt mandals try to catch and poke the children in the streets and hit young girls in the legs with switches as a sign of fertility. <laughs> Some of the houses the group visits have all their furniture moved into the street in an effort to make sure all of the evil spirits have left the home. The entire time they make their journey from door to door, the butt mandals are led by St. Nicholas as he blesses children and gives them gifts. See, well, there you go. It's a mashup of all these different traditions. But basically, you have 
the tradition of the winter solstice coming into play, very old, where you have young, again, young men getting a little tipsy and and running around. And, and what does this sound like, Scott? People dressing up, scaring evil spirits, demanding treats or tricks... It's Halloween. Exactly. I know that's I was gonna exactly. say that. There's a lot of there's a lot of common ground between this activity right. and Halloween. And that's one of the ideas of Halloween is that you're not trying to so much scare other people, although you would like the treats and you would like to uh smack young girls in the thigh. That's always fun. But you know, you're trying to scare away the evil spirits for the end of the year. Send your now, angry emails directly to Forrest. <laughs> What's angry about that? That's not that's it's who fun. doesn't like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I in a, like you said, it's meant to be done in a playful way yes as a traditional thing plus they're drunk come on that's what you know yeah you can't suppress that and i think that's what the traditions of christianity realize that hey we're to sell this we got to let them have a little fun you can't really suppress people they're just going to get crazy at some point you know what this is an interesting point that we come to now because when we first started doing this i mentioned uh well we should do a christmas theme show and you said well what's you know not nothing's really scary about christmas it's a time of joy and light and people having fun and I was thinking, like, yeah, that's that's true. That's how we've come to to see it. Overlook. I was completely overlooking Dickens, though. I mean, oh well, there you go. That's, that's a whole that's other a frightening area. story. No, but this, yeah. it's a uh, uh, oh, okay. So um, specifically, one, a Christmas Carol. One of the podcasts that uh, that I I got turned on to when I was specifically when we first had this idea, and I was researching other ones, is Jim Harold, and he, he has a, a a lot of great podcasts out there, and a, and a Paranormal Plus Club, and it's the Paranormal Podcast. Yeah, we, we, we really got to plug Jim because yeah. he, he was a true inspiration to us in, in getting started. His show is different from ours. Yeah, but... we try to do something different, but but as far as like – he's the man as far as like interviewing authors. He's been doing it such a long time. I think he's been doing it since 2006 maybe. Yeah. If you enjoy our show, you should definitely check Jim out. Yeah, definitely. And my, yeah. my favorite one – he has a lot of shows. One of my favorite shows of his is Campfire, which is just people calling in and telling – uh, ghost stories. It's really that's a great show. I love that. Oh yeah, no, no. We have to give a tip of the hat to Jim and a really nice guy, very super guy. But yeah, Jim. Uh, with, without if you ever hear this, Jim, without you, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, you know what? We wouldn't think that it could be done so well for so long. Right. I'll leave it at that. But he he interviewed this author, Mary Beth Crane, a few years ago, and she wrote a book called Haunted Christmas, and she did a lot of research and basically the the pagan roots and uh, and w- kind of where the ideas come from. And they were talking about that. And Jim actually mentioned that everyone knows it's the great Andy Williams Christmas song. What is that, Scott? Uh, the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, right. Do you, have those... you don't even think about that. No, I, I know. That's everyone what he was, that's what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. Read the um, line. <clears throat> there'll be parties for... I'm not singing. There'll be... <laughs> there's no... Um, yes. Yes, uh, thank you. <clears throat> there'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. See, there you go. And it's it's Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's a ghost story told in a very expert way here, just the way he, he had, you know, if you're looking at structure, uh, the past, the present, the future, all these things. But it's it's a long tradition. And so what we're getting at here and what we'd mentioned earlier is that, you know, Scott was saying like, well, you know, yes, Christmas is a happy time, but traditionally – it's a time of great paranormal activity, a great spiritual, a lot of things going on because well, yeah. it's the it's the darkness of the end of the year yeah. into the birth of the new year and the rebirth. And there's a lot of suicides of, of the at Christmas. Oh, well, yeah, right? it's a sad time. Oh, wait, oh, yeah. I think it is the number it's the number one time because it's a yeah, it's with the happiness, people are reminded how what they think they don't have. And the sadnesses that they feel of, of loss and, and with family and things like that. So it can be a very – yeah, there's a lot of emotionality. Yeah, and, yeah, and if you're listening to this show, which we released the day before Christmas Eve or oh, as early yeah. as we could anyway, yeah. uh, instead of our usual Friday because it would have been after Christmas, just know that we love you. <laughs> we love you and, and, and we want you to keep listening. Traditionally, like if you look at the origins of this and, – and we're getting back to the sticks and the twigs. We're going to get back to that. But what you have are these – pagan rituals of the Celtic peoples, the peoples of Northern Europe, of the uh, the Alpine countries, where during the winter solstice and these different celebrations, you're celebrating these old traditions of, you know, some have to do with uh, the Norse god Odin, that maybe that character is kind of filtered down to become Father Whipper and some of these other characters. Some of it could be based on the Germanic god Woden, or Woden, I think I may, may be saying that right. So you have a lot of activity and, and like uh, and legend going on at this time of year, and uh, an old Norse or Germanic Northern European myth is called the Wild Hunt, which is 
a parade, as far as I can tell, a parade of ghostly figures on a hunt in the sky. And if you were to see this, it could foretell plague or some terrible thing happening, i.e., Mothman. Well, yeah, that's just like maybe <laughs> the Mothman. Foretelling was supposedly, of bad. you know, in addition to being. By the way, we're just three days away from the forty seventh anniversary of the collapse of the Silver Bridge in wow. Point Pleasant, uh, West Virginia, which forty six people died. Oh, that's right. Um, and that was a uh, that was right around Christmas as yeah. well. Yeah. And the Mothman, of course, was prevalent in the area prior to the bridge collapse, and supposedly was not seen after the bridge collapse. Right. Now, and if you it was read, a year to the day, right before. Yeah. And if you happened. read John Keel's book about the Mothman, there's reports of it being cited over Chernobyl. No way, yeah. really. Yeah. So, well, anyway, that's, a, that's interesting. It comes well, back to what you're saying about yeah, the battle in the doesn't sky that, and the portent. And, isn't that interesting, though, that we have a modern day equivalent? Of seeing something weird and then something bad happening yeah. is what what it boils down to. Yeah. So in Germany, the uh, the Wild Hunt is also known as the Wild Army or the Furious Army, and you have leading the army in the sky of the, this this phantasmagoria of uh, spectral creatures, uh, huntsmen. Uh, it could be Woden or Woden, Necht Rupert, Berchtold or Frau Berchta. Inga, may I present Frau Blucher? That was from Young Frankenstein, one of my favorites, <laughs> Frau Blucher. Uh, but also, see, this character, though, Frau Berta, is she is a, a, a character much like Krampus. She whips the bad. I don't, she doesn't really reward the good, but she uh, basically... What does she, she look like? Uh, what, they all, what they all look like, a grotesque, haggard, uh, you know, tattered character. It's meant to get your attention, and so she goes around, and um, uh, she's kind of like a witch. And, and I think she would also give gifts or punishments, depending on how good or bad you were or how well you answered the questions. Answer me these questions three. It's the char- from Monty Python. It's always right. the, the old character at the bridge. You must answer the questions. If you don't right. get it right, you're Indiana flung Jones. into the void. Yeah. yeah. He chose poorly. <laughs> exactly. See, these are... These aren't new. All of these are old traditions carried down through millennia, and it's human, it's human nature. But what we're getting to here as far as the sticks, and what, what I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, but the twigs and the, the sticks, the uh, uh, neo-paganism, there's a great movie called The Wicker Man with uh, Edward Woodward as this, I believe he's a British cop. He goes to investigate this island in Scotland where there's basically, it's a whole village of neo-paganists led by... Christopher Lee, the great Christopher Lee, and they're not very helpful. He goes to investigate the disappearance of a young girl, and no one's, they don't even claim that she was even there. But the more he gets into it, he realizes, like, wow, they got, all, they got their own thing going on here. Christopher Lee plays uh, Lord Summerisle, and he's just his great creepy self. But they're paganists. And uh, so what happens is what ties, what I'm getting at here, what, where it ties into. All I can think about is the equalizer meeting one of the wizards. From- well, if he was the equalizer, <laughs> he would have kicked all their asses. He would, you wouldn't even have this problem. Right. But what happens is that this goes into their traditions of finding a sacrifice. And, and going back to what Mary Beth Crane had talked about in her book, Haunted Christmas, is that there's one person chosen as the Lord of Misrule. So on this day where people are are able to let loose... Oh, you know what? I saw the movie. I saw some uh, uh, behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, and they talk about the lore of this, and they had some historians and anthropologists on. It's the idea of that you take a fool from the village or an unsuspecting person, or it could be a criminal or just an innocent, and you make them king for the day. You, you hoist them up, you... You treat them properly, and at the end of the day, you put them in this giant wicker character, and you burn them alive as a sacrifice to the harvest of the new year. Crops aren't doing really well. Well, the gods are angry. It's all awful. It's very medieval. It's very, it's, it's barbaric. Especially to do that to the poor village. Edward idiot. Woodward, oh, he doesn't take it well either. Yeah. So no, wait, so that's what, okay, let's not give away the whole movie. But. No, but this is, but that's what we're getting at. And what does that sound like to you, Scott, that people are doing? Burning in, Man. Exactly. 
It's a lot like Burning Man. It is Burning Man. I That's that what it was is. All started about some no, it was bad divorce or something. But no, but you're right. This guy, uh, I believe, in San Francisco. I went one year. I think in '99. Mm-hmm. I went one time and just to experience it. I've actually never it. been. I've wanted to go. I, mean, I don't want to see you naked. That's just <laughs> uh, well, uh, nobody. Well, then I'm definitely not going. <laughs> but but it's a lot of people like you doing just letting loose. That's the idea, though. None of this is new. People are still doing it. And the other interesting aspect is that that's what it mutated into. Because I believe the the origin story is that a, yeah, a guy had a, he had a divorce he was going through, uh, took some of his belongings that he that just right. made him, him right? yeah, and he burned him on the beach. I think somewhere in San Francisco or in the Bay Area. And it was like it started off with like twelve of his friends, and it was such fun, and it was cathartic, and it, it helped him get over this this terrible relationship that he was trying to forget. And it it turned into something else. That's what we're getting at here. It starts off with an idea that could be borrowed from something else, a legend, a myth. And over the years, it becomes a bigger, different thing. But still, the idea is the same. It's people blowing off steam and probably uh, taking all kinds of weird stuff. So that's like nowadays. So that's where you end up, though. It's a celebration towards the end of the year. You generally hear tied with the harvest and uh, Saturnalium. Uh, it's all these uh, Yuletide, all these traditions that happen around this time. So again, it's what a, is Saturnalia? Oh, that's a uh, that's an old Roman tradition. Basically, it's an it's an it's an ancient Roman festival uh, in honor of the deity Saturn. It's held on December seventeenth uh, of the Julian calendar. So basically, it's around the same. It's all around the same time, and it's a uh, it's a holiday that was celebrated with a sacrifice at the temple of Saturn. Uh, in the Roman Forum, and you know, again, it's a it's a big it's a time for a big feast. People getting together, getting drunk, letting off some steam, getting ready to put the old year behind them and bring in the new. And that's all this is about. It's the winter. It's the uh, d- and you're, the right. dying and of you're the making earth. offerings, yeah. hoping for hoping for a prosperous new year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In terms Plus, of again, crops and everything. And it's uh, it's it's slapping young women on the bottom. That's <laughs> all comes back to on the legs. On the legs. Yes. Right. Nothing. Nothing higher than than the upper thigh. Yeah. But still, you know what I'm saying. But it's uh, especially when you have a society where you know it's a look. It's a, it's a tiny village. You don't get away with that kind of behavior. Well, here's your chance to kind of put on a costume, dress as Krampus. Uh, or whatever it is, clang some bells and chains, kind of go nuts, and uh, and have a bit of fun. So there's a Celtic seasonal tradition called Samhain, I think, and uh, it's two weeks before Christmas. And here, evil spirits are unleashed upon the earth here before the rebirth of the sun and the new year. So ghosts and demons and everything, evil spirits, they start their work at the beginning of December, like the first week, and it goes through to like the 20th of December. Again, but it's the same idea. The Celts and the Picts, they're not German, but it's all tied together. And so here you have, you're really digging into the very roots of very primitive human nature and lore. And these are the stories that result from that. And what I find interesting. So, well, uh, yeah, and I think I think that about covers it for our Christmas special. <laughs> I hope that was so Christmassy for you. That, yeah, uh, that was super Christmas. Burning people it? alive and <laughs> hey, well, we're astonishing s- legends. Yeah, what, exactly. You know, what are we going to talk Getting about? Getting slapped, salted, put into a barrel. Well, here's hoping if you if you can't be with loved ones tonight, at least you're with some friends. And if you're not with friends and you're with us, and we're, we're glad you're listening. <laughs> you, know, well, the, you know, you know what? To go go slap yourself on the on the on the thigh with some twigs, yeah, and uh, and 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 uh, and whoop it up, let off some steam, and get ready for the new year. Get ready for the new year. It's going to be a good year. I think 2015 is going to be a good year for everybody. I think you're right. I think 2015 is going to be a, a year of great change. That's my prediction. A lot of different, varied. Interesting things are going to happen. A lot of interesting things are going to happen on our show, that's for sure. By the way, in a few weeks, I'm not sure exactly when, you can look for a store on our website. We're getting stuff in. we got some decals in already, which are very cool. We're going to be having uh, hats are in transit to me, and we're working on T-shirt designs now. So if, if you're interested, if you like our logo or you're interested in uh, supporting us, uh, we'll have the store up soon. And, of course, we'll be making an announcement about that. We also have a, an Astonishing Legends Krampus mask. Does that, we don't. No, Wouldn't that be cool, though? I don't yeah, know. No, you know what? Uh, I would one day hope to have some kind of Halloween thing because the, it's a great logo. Uh, yes, thanks it. again to uh, John Mahorny who designed it for us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, John. No, it's uh, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get some merchandise in. So please tell your friends and uh, load that shopping cart. Yeah, now that we're we're no longer in the new and noteworthy section on iTunes, we're trying to get some real traction. So if you really do like the show, leave us some good reviews, which is great on iTunes. But also tell your friends about us. And if people aren't listening to podcasts 
or they don't want to get into all that, they can always just go to our website and play it back right there in their browsers. That's the thing. Scott has compiled a lot of great, interesting links and photos of different stories, things that we that he and I have found at various sources, and we try and post it, things that we think might interest you. So go there. Yeah, yeah if you we don't have, have a blog. To... We try to make an entry at least every one or two days on the blog as well with uh, topics that we're not necessarily talking about on the show. Well, happy holidays, happy new year, and we'll see you in 2015. We'll be back on January 9th with television and screenwriter Paula Pell, who's been at Saturday Night Live for almost 18 years now and is a good friend of ours. She's coming in with a creepy story. It's a good one. I want to thank Judson Crane for our amazing theme music, Ryan McCullough for world-class sound design, and John Mahorny for our great logo. Most importantly, we want to thank our listeners. You can find us online at astonishinglegends.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Google+. Good night. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.